0: This is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio, Sunday edition. Um, Before I get started, I just want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. If you haven't listened to the podcast, the last episode is a banger. It is about Macross Plus and all that that entails, considering that Macross is finally getting a really stable, really reliable release in the West. I want to talk about it because I have always loved Macross Plus, and all of its weird trivia, and all of its obvious animation glory, because it's one of those fabled unlimited budget OVAs. Um, So, um, definitely go check that out in the feed of this podcast, wherever you're listening to it, um, right below this episode. So, today I want to talk about something that actually I got dipped into on Macross Plus in a different way, and that is voice acting. Now, in the Macross Plus episode, I talked about the fact that Isamu Dyson, the lead character, is voiced by none other than I Am The Danger, Brian Cranston, who, at the time he did that voice acting job, it was not, he was not what he was now then. I want to talk why I want to talk about this is because I saw an article about voice acting and specifically a asian american and and basically all people of color having issues with the voice acting community because it is largely white and it is more and more trending to be a list and what can happen is a list act is like Eight, let's say A-list through like B-list actors will swoop in and take voice acting jobs away from actual voice actors. Um, so on the Brian Cranston on the um not Bryan Cranston on the um Macross Plus episode, I talked about E, the actor who played E from from Entourage. He is primarily a voice actor. He's not a great – he was in, like, a movie shortly after he was in Entourage because clearly his agent isn't an idiot. Um, but he he wasn't great in it. But he probably get if you look for him, you know his name. I don't actually know his name, which is the worst. You probably find him in a lot of, like, you know, small kid shows and stuff like that, and he's made a living as a voice actor and oftentimes actors who aren't super actors who aren't super famous or you know very or have or enjoy a ton of success on TV or in film find work as voice actors because the the demands are different the skills are way different and if you want a great if you want to watch a great documentary, you should go watch... Um, it's a documentary called I Know That Voice, and it's produced by John DiMaggio, who... If you're listening to this, you probably know John DiMaggio best as either Jake the Dog from Adventure Time, or Bender from Futurama. And he's done a... If you listen to both those voices in those shows, they sound very similar, but if you look at... I saw it I saw on TikTok, somebody was like, who's somebody you can always recognize? And they they picked John DiMaggio. And his range of voices is actually pretty wide. And this problem doesn't start here, but I think it got noticed most here. And it's one of the reasons why why John DiMaggio made I Know That Voice is that Kinda ever since Toy Story, and even before that, animated movies have made a have made a point of, as part of the marketing of that movie, getting some sort of A list, um, getting some sort of A list talent, well, getting some getting a curiously recognizable name for some, if not all, of the cast. So, um. If you look at, say, um, if you look at say, uh, Toy Story, Tom Hanks gets top billing there because he's Woody. Um, and actually that extends even further down the line of I think his like brother or his son play Woody in like lesser things I think his um cut some or something like that, and what that well, that kind of thing kicks off is it kicks off all of these movies that could be better served, all these animated products that could be better served by prof- by, like, a true professional voice actor, someone who, for who it is their craft, being, those roles being filled by people who have more name recognition, more presence on social media, and all this other stuff, and it's... It's kind of well, it's very unfortunate because we miss out on what we on the options we could have gotten and the kind of like demonstrations of the craft we could have gotten so um, I think probably the most egregious of this is um that movie Home, which is a terrible, terrible, terrible movie where um the uh, the alien character in Home, it's like an alien invasion kids movie bullshit thing, is played by um. it's played by the guy, play the actor who plays young Shel- the actor who plays Shelton in um The Big Bang Theory, and the main character is just played by Rihanna, and like, the actor who plays Shelton, I forget his name, I forget his name too. Is actually pretty good in it, but Rihanna. It's just Rihanna, and because of the recognizability of a both their voices and b both those people, it like pulls the m- movie down more than it could have. I'm not saying that that was the that was the nail in the coffin for that movie. It was like one a long list, and it was all the way at the bottom. Trust me. But using I used to say this to people in um, the uh, New York creative industry when they would interview me is that like and actually it got me quite a few it got me a lot of work, this specific line. Oftentimes when you're applying for jobs in um the creative field, they want people who can do multiple things. And the most common of which is people want a designer who can code. But what you've really end up getting there, you end up getting a coder who is slightly more aesthetic than the next one, but is not very good at the act of designing, say a website or an app because they're not thinking about all the specific things. And if you look at social, social media maps, uh, social media apps are infamous for this because They have what passes for UI, but they're not in UX, but they're not really considering it. It's like sketched out in a lab somewhere and like dreamed up by people who don't really have the qualifications to really like nail it every time. And that's why you look at things from like Facebook and they seem slightly off, or you look at like things from Twitter or any of the lights and they seem slightly off it's because they haven't given it to people who creatively like swim in that space constantly and the only thing they're thinking about is ui ux and they're not thinking about codability or or they understand the codability but they're not that's not their primary concern also a lot of coders are very fucking lazy because they know how much they're worth and they know that they will keep their job over a designer keeping their job. And it's, it sucks. But that's a whole different thing. What I'm trying to say is is sometimes you want to hire it, – it, most times you'll be better off hiring for the exact job you have to give somebody instead of hiring for you know, nine things at once because every every other thing that person does dilutes their skill set in each in the thing that came before it so if you hire somebody who's a really good singer like Rihanna to voice a character yes she's a really good vocalist and yes she makes great music but she doesn't have the peculiarities of sound and ability that come with firing a voice actor, like say, John DiMaggio, like say, um, what's it called? Like, say, um, say Billy West, to use another Futurama example. And now, if you've been in the anime community, you know that there's uh, lots of people know all about voice actors. I mean, you have like Steve Bloom who is who has the last line of Cowboy Bebop bang tattooed as a waveform on his arm and he has been super successful. You have Johnny Bosch, God help us all, in, who for a while was in like every other thing. You have Christina V. You have all these in the all these actors. But if you've been paying attention so far, I have also been talking about largely white people actually entirely white people I haven't named a person of color in any of the voice actors including Billy West and John DiMaggio that I've mentioned here and what that inevitably means is you have characters of color played by people who aren't people who just aren't people of color. And that means that oftentimes you get voices that feel like caricatures, voices that feel like, that don't feel true to the character in the way that those characters would sound in real life. Now, the one of the Best and funniest and lighthearted versions of this is if you go watch um Golden Boy, if you go watch the swimming episode of Golden Boy, which you feel like, what is Golden Boy? What is the swimming episode? You know the um that that meme of that guy swimming and he just he just it's, it's not the vibe, chief, and he just he's barely making it through the water like he's almost dying, and then he like stops and he's like, so how would my swimming? that is actually the episode and the show I'm talking about. You can actually go listen to an episode about Golden Boy on this very podcast in the feed in whatever you're using to listen to this right now. Um, If your podcast player has a search function, you can just search Golden Boy and you'll find it. But um, the scene in that where Kentaro, the main character, talks to a child, and the child is so 45-year-old man making a child voice that it is, like, unsettling. And it's just... It's just clearly like, oh, crap, we gotta... You know, get Gary from production. He does weird kid voices all the time. And, like, sat him in front of the booth and said, say these things, and he did... And he got, like, a pay bump for that day, and <laughs> it's just the worst. But exactly like I said what's happening with, say, Rihanna getting a part instead of a professional voice actor getting a part. Not using voice act, not giving people of color a chance to be in the voice acting industry which of voice act it means that you're missing a whole layer of you know uniqueness to voices that do exist so um if you look at a show like um you look at a show like Cannon Busters, Cannon Busters has I, I believe they have people of color voicing those characters And the reason that is is because that that show is a very black show. It it was conceived for that reason. So you end up getting characters that that feel much more authentic than they would if you just, like, just went to casting Rolex and picked somebody out and said, okay, you can voice this character. And the good thing about this is, while it's definitely not true in like big name celebrity voice acted stuff, I, like things like TV shows and certainly anime, voice, act, voice actors will like. Say, like, are like, you sure you want me to voice act this character? Because that character's definitely black, and I'm definitely white, and that seems fucked up. I'm gonna do you a favor and not take this part. Actually, the um voice actor of Cleveland from Family Guy actually stepped down and was like, I've I playing a black guy, I've been cashing checks for playing a black guy on TV. That seems not okay. That seems beyond the pale. And I took this before I knew better and I know better now. So I'm I'm vacating the role so it can be more authentically voiced. And that's the thing is like – I think that people underestimate how much sound – affects how connected we are to whatever, not only whatever we're watching, but whatever we're um, doing. So, if you, let's say you make coffee and you like bring it to the table and you put the coffee down and you don't hear the (laughs) gunk gunk of you unevenly making sure the first side of the coffee cup hits and then the second side of the coffee cup hits. Let's say that's just No sound, just silent. That would be really unnerving. Like you would feel the vibration of connect of those of those two objects connecting and the coffee cup resting on the table, but you wouldn't hear the sound that that affirms that. And so let's or um and there's another version of this, which is, and I know you probably haven't done this, because I never do this, I actually did it once when I was like 13, and I'll never forget it, that's why I remember it, most headphones come with instructions of some kind, (laughs) you probably don't read them, they're probably still, they're probably, like, you probably unwrapped your headphones, literally threw away the box, knew there was a paper in there, saw some like, disclaimer text, but like, never read it. Usually what that says, that says, like, yo, you fucking dumbass, don't wear your headphones when you drive. Don't, like, don't wear your headphones when you're walking, like, in the streets. Like, headphones are actually, like, prescribed for very specific purposes. We've all blown that out of the water. We do not care. We're fucking, like, running through traffic and headphones all the time. But the reason why they say that is because Your sense of hearing is actually very important to how you understand the world. If you don't hear a truck coming, it's going to hit you. It's still going to hit you. You just won't have heard it approaching. Whereas if you heard a truck coming but didn't see it, you'd know, like, stay out of the street, dumbass. You don't want to get flattened by a truck or, in my case, hit by one of several cars. (laughs) And so it... It, it's important in the same way you're one you're watching a show. But the thing that you don't get is that you don't get that. Say, say you're watching Bleach, and there's quite a few characters of color in Bleach. There's a a black captain in Bleach, and there's Chad who clearly Hispanic. he's just Hispanic. and in the American, in the Amer- in especially the American dub of bleach, you probably watch it and my gut feeling is they're probably like, okay, this character is black, this character is Hispanic. We need to at least approximate those voices in the same way and this is lost this is actually not lost in um, American dubs. Usually they just make it a southern accent, which is super wrong because it's a dialect, but whatever. In Japanese... In Japanese dubs of things, a character from Osaka or a character from a different part of Japan speaks really differently and sounds really differently. The best, most hilarious variant of this is um, the character Osaka from, um, from the Cooking It's So Fun thing, um, from manga Dayo. In, in, um, the American Top of That, they're like, how do we, how do we explain this to a listener? I know, we'll give her a weird Midwestern, Southern, like, Texan accent. I think she's got, like, a Texan accent, really. And like that was fine cuz it was a jokey show but they needed to like figure out a way to make her literally speak differently than other people um and it worked out for that show but it just one of the reasons that Samuel Jackson went hard at making um making um, Afro Samurai was because he wanted a, like he, he wanted to make a black anime. And if you look at the cast for Afro Samurai, like it's all racially lined up. So the white character is white. Uh, in the second one you meet I um, like an evil princess lady. And she is voiced by Lucy Liu. So he's kind of getting the best of both worlds, really. There, he is getting um, the car- the like celebrity quotient because he's the producer, and he he went out and gave part to smaller actors, and I'm sure he gave part to voice actors, but he went out and gave like parts to appropriate people and appropriate actors. So it feels a lot. And when you watch it, you're like, this is voiced way differently. And it is way more fun to watch because you get these authentic voices. The last thing I'll talk about is the kind of reverse of this, where they're just like, no, all black cast. We don't care if those two idiots are white. We're giving them black people voices. And that is the Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints is, like, about making a show about and for specifically Black people. So, of course, they were, like, they were getting music from all over. They were getting from all all over the hip-hop and R&B and rap community and just the community of people of color making music. They were getting, you know, Black voice actors left and right, all this stuff. And actually, it's not the last thing I want to talk about. I want to talk about really how... I want to talk about how homogeny happens and how industry promotes homogeny to happen for the last section of this, I guess. So, back when Space Dandy first premiered, Space Dandy was the first kind of... And it was very done very experimentally, and nobody knew if it was going to quite work. Space Dandy was the first real simuldub in that like they got it as close to possible as possible to put it out every week and what that promoted was a production line and if you've worked in any kind of production from um production design to film production to you know any kind of if you've taken any kind of creative field and turned it into and just be, been a person who produces that uh, at a professional level for a long time, what you probably know is that you one of the most valuable things in production of anything is reliability. So I just got into 3D printing, and um, I, have a, I have both kinds of 3D printers. I have materials for both. I'm actually waiting for some um, replacement parts for this second one, but not like, not like the motherboard, like the, like the, like a part that's usually replaced, a part that wears out after, like, a certain amount of uses, and being an idiot because I stabbed my FEP with my fucking scraper, but the reliability is a really important thing, because you need to know that something will be there, because if you know that something is where it needs is where it should be. You can go to it every time; it will produce the same results every time, and that allows you to get some idea of how long something will take. But what that means is you can't you can't have a necessarily all expansive like casting call every time. You can't have a you can't do what people do. When they make a movie and they need to fill a part and they need to audition for a part. That's part of the reason why um, things like, they do things like franchise films. Because once once Tony Stark convinced the studio exec to read for Iron Man, he read for Iron Man, he was that character, we're casting Iron Man, like, we can now plan for movies with him. We had him sign a contract, He in that contract for 10 movies, and then we'll figure it out when we get there, but even that has a process. The act of dubbing basically created that for the dubbing process of anime. And once dubs, once simultaneous releases were... Or, like, and when they say simultaneous, they... Sometimes they mean literally simultaneous, but lots of times they mean like a couple hours. Like it's not literally airing the exact same time it's airing in Japan, but it's a couple hours here or there um, to when it was aired in Japan. What that means is you need a super reliable, you need a super reliable source of voice acting, which means you make you make what they call a stable of voice actors which means a set of voice actors you can always rely on who are contracted to work on this stuff and who just be available. And that's why these days you hear certain voice actors in everything all the time because they are part of the stable voice actors for, say, Funimation. Funimation is actually the most guilty of this. And what that ends up doing by necessity is it ends up shrinking the amount of voices you hear as characters, whether you realize it or not, the voice act could be incredibly gifted and like be able to like pull something out of their ass. That's super different for every single character they voice, but you're hearing a tremendously small amount of people voicing characters that, and some of that is notoriety. Some of that is, the fandom promoting people, um, like, uh, what's-his-face, uh, the voice of Fullmetal Alchemist, to end up ter- being a shitbag. And that's, that's the other thing, is that you don't necessarily, unlike, well, not unlike, because Kevin, nobody knew Kevin Spacey was a flying ball for decades. Um, you end up not necessarily knowing exactly who you're Endorsing, because they're voice actors. They they could be all kinds of creepy in their private life. Um, they got, for instance, before before much before the entire industry knew that what's his face was who I'm probably doing this all a favor by not invoking his name. all um, because as soon as he was, as soon as he was kicked out of the church, he became a demon person. <laughs> but for years before any like any reports came out about him being a creepy weirdo asshole like people just knew and one of the ways people just knew is he used to like hand out CDs of him doing Bible quotes as Edward Elric. I remember Lauren saying like can you get me one of those just 'cause cuz next time if you ever see him at a con 'cause They're just fucking weird thing, that I want to hear it. I'm like, sure. (laughs) That sounds real dumb and fun and bad. Fucking asshole. And also, like, even at that time, they were like, yeah, don't don't get too close to him and be a lady with your back turned because he'll do some sketchy shit. And it... So there's that, but there's also like, when you create a stable voice actor, you're creating once again by necessity the industry. The industry standard has forced that into existence. You're creating an in-group and an out-group, and because the industry at large has been largely white and increasingly more A-list or at very least B-list. Because if you look at Johnny M. Bosch, people know him as, like, the voice of Renshin and, like, the voice of all these anime characters. But in reality, he is also the Red Ranger from the first Power Rangers. Like, he is going to conventions like Comic-Con every year, and he makes a living off of being a B-list celebrity with a real cult following. He's not a small guy. You know, at the time that... um, Steve Bloom voiced Spike. He was much smaller, but now he's, like, he's, he's in Marvel cartoons. The, these guys, and g- don't get me wrong, Steve Bloom is a million times better than Johnny M. Bosch, just as a personality. But, like, lots of these voice actors start small, and lots of these actors start small, just like Brian Cranston. But they get they get big and they don't they don't let go of they don't let go of the position. And actually, um if you listen to I think the the interview with Brian Crant where he talks about being Isama Dyson and he was like, I had a lot of fun and it was like I, but I had to work really hard and quite frankly I don't think I was the best. I got the job. I don't think I was the best. And he's very very deferential to the art of voice acting in that clip, from what I remember. And it's very clear that, like, he wouldn't go take that job. Like, he wouldn't go take that job because he knows he's done it before and he knows, like, I, like, this is, This is not my realm. I'm not the best person for this. Other people should be given this position. I bet because of the infamy the infamy of that weird trivia fact, if they remastered it and they wanted to redo the sound of the sound, it's very good on um on Macross Plus. And they were like, Hey, can you do this again? He's like let me see if I can get the voice back, but yes, because I was the character ri- originally. Which is fine and good, and that's how that should be oftentimes. But he's not going to go busting down the door for, like, an animated movie, because it, it's not... that That's, like... That's not what you want. So to speak. And... I just wanted to talk about this because I thought it was really interesting and it is a big problem in the industry and there's all kinds of different attack points at it. But if you like this episode, you can subscribe to the podcast and whatever you're using to listen to it right now. Um, new episodes come out every week, twice a week. Um, the third day episode is more of a review show. It's me talking about a show or movie, um, usually anime, although on rare occasions I'll talk about a real-life show, like I did an episode on Queen's Gambit, or I'll do a live-action anime, um, show where I, like, I did a episode with my cousin Danny about the live-action Ghost in the Shell in which he is furious about that movie for the entire <laughs> Well, I'm to be clear, I'm also furious about that movie because it's 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 fucking it's fucking a collage pastiche of the Ghost in the Shell universe. That's what it is. Like, it's one one breakdancing naked man away from being the entirety of the Ghost in the Shell missiles. Um, but crammed into like a the side of a soda can or some more shit, but. On that note, um, and, and then uh, Sunday Sunday episodes are more like this. They're more textual. They're more about, like, industry stuff or fan stuff. Um, and on that note, I have been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, Sunday edition. And I will talk to you on Thursday. you know